Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Mayfield under center. Back to throw. Fies time. Deep downfield. Anderson wide open. 25-20-10-5. Touchdown, Carolina. It's that time of the week. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour podcast with Augusta, Darren, and Kristen. But before we dive into it, I want to tell you about the Prowling Vineyards Napa Valley, which is the official wine brand and wine club of the Carolina Panthers. These premium selections celebrate the great people of the Carolinas and the Panthers' hunger to achieve excellence on and off the field. Learn more at prowlingvineyards.com. Well, it's Thursday morning here, so maybe a little early for a glass of wine, but you never know on the happy half hour. What's that in your mug, Darren? Nothing as far as you know. It's certainly (laughs) not prowling vineyards at 1030 on a Thursday morning, uh, unless you're in an airport, in which case there is no judgment because it could be anytime, anywhere. That is true. That is true. Um, Let's dive right into it with the two of you. As I said, Thursday morning, we have learned a lot since the home game versus Cleveland. I want to touch on that game and more so just what we've learned from it, Um, the good, the bad, the in-between. And it really felt to me like a tale of two halves, guys. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, Rule talked about that yesterday. The first 25 minutes, not very good at all. About as bad as it could be offensively. The next 35, not so bad. They were moving the ball. And, you know, it's not hard to draw the line between a couple early three and outs. Christian's not really doing anything. Three touches in the first half to all of a sudden, boom, you get Christian McCaffrey involved. Things start going well. And, you know, we're going to talk about Christian all year long. He's their most important offensive player. So as long as he's involved in doing things, you know, he picks up, there's a loose snap and balls at his feet and he just picks it up and takes off with it. Now, Christian's fantasy owners probably hated that play because they don't get credit for rushing yards, but it, it just kind of shows the kind of spark he creates. And I think, you know, if you if you can separate those two and say, all right, well, the last thing they did offensively wasn't all that bad. Uh, you move forward, it's, but those first 25 minutes count too, and you can't gain 21 yards on your first 20 plays and expect to be competitive against anybody in the league, really. Yes, but there were a lot of um, things that, that went wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, throughout the course of the game, right, there were yep. four issues with snaps, and yep. we heard Baker Mayfield say earlier this week that's never happened to him. I've never seen that in a game, but you certainly don't expect that to happen going forward, right? There were some some big penalties that you hope you can get cleaned up, which is the it's the good and bad part of it, right, Augusta? Because you don't want to see those things 
from your team if you're a fan, but also there's some hope, especially considering the way in which they played in the second half, that those little things that may have prevented them from ultimately just edging out the Browns um, may not come up again as the season goes on, or hopefully don't. Well, exactly, and I think when you have those things, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the, the botched snaps and then a few batted balls up in the yep. air and things like that. I mean, when you have those things, as much as you as much as you don't want things to be that glaring and in your face, it's there's obvious points to clean up. There's obvious things to work on. There's obvious places to start. Um, and taking ownership of it, I mean, both Baker and Pettifline, talking with both of them, you know, you're like, oh, botched snaps, and they both – oh, that's on me. That's on me. You know what I mean? So when you have two people taking ownership of whatever the chemistry issue was there, I mean, they they have a path forward. I mean, like Darren said, you know, the first 25 minutes were really rough. But being able to turn that around, I think that's part of the good part about having Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? I mean, you can be down and and have all the things going wrong, and he's still going to find a way to drive the ball downfield I mean we were talking about uh the Robbie Anderson pass and and just kind of his explosive ability obviously Christian being Christian and and however the plan is moving forward with him in the second half his usage went up a lot Mm -hmm. and he's one of those players that's you want to get him the ball as much as possible they talk about you know you want your playmakers to get the ball and looking ahead to the Giants that's what they do with Saquon so there's a lot of different pieces there but um there's there's things to grow from and there's things to learn from and I think the right now the mood in general is okay uh I've heard a lot of okay we're flushing it we're flushing it but you want to build also from from what was good and I mean you watch the first half of that game and you fast forward to the last couple of minutes and I don't think a lot of people in that stadium the first you know 30 minutes would have thought that the game was on the line it was really close um so I don't know I think that turnaround is something that it's it's Baker Mayfield specific too I think that's something that he brings is that you know, we're never fully out until the game is over kind of mentality. Absolutely, yeah. and we saw that. Yeah, and, and Kristen, you've heard me say this a hundred times in the past, but I'm not typically an overreactor to any one particular thing that happens in an NFL game. Never. The difference between the Giants and the Carolina Panthers is the Titans kicker missed his field goal, and the kid from mm-hmm. Cleveland smoked one from about 112 yards away or whatever it was. I mean, it, and if the Titans kicker hits his, we're not talking about, oh, Brian Dable is a gutsy genius and this is a new era of Giants football. And if the kid from Cleveland misses his, we're not talking about – Oh, looking back at last year's half. losses. We're, and, we're, look, we're talking half. about we're talking right. about what a comeback. We're talking about an incredible, you know, if if the kid from Cleveland misses that field goal. The rookie kicker who hits a 58-yarder, which right. has probably only been done a handful of times. Then Baker Mayfield just had his first chapter of Jake DeLome yes. right here in front of us, coming in at halftime and turning the thing around and winning the thing in dramatic fashion. Now, I mean, those are the things football games turn on. They still count, kind of like the first 25 minutes of the game. But I do kind of like that Baker's got this thing about him. He he talks about flushing it a lot. Baker walked into Cleveland where they had won one game in two years. This is not too big for him. This does not scare oh, him. No. This does not really phase him. I mean, I think he's kind of looking at this year, you know, personally, professionally, as kind of a blank slate, new lease on life, whatever cliche you want to put on it. But that's the way he's approaching this. So he's kind of, what, y'all lost seven straight the end of last year? <laughs> yeah, let me tell you something about that. Yeah. I mean, he's been through He's seen worse. So I, I don't think it's ever going to really cow him and make him 
kind of blank, so to speak. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, he was he was we're still getting to know him, but the Baker we saw in press conference yesterday was very was very upbeat. It's like fumbles, we'll fix it. Isn't it? What's next? You mm-hmm. know, and that's the thing, that keeping the focus on the next thing rather than, oh, my God. I mean, he even said, if you think back on the negative stuff, it'll creep into the back of your mind. Mm. That's why you've just got to keep eyes forward, and that's really the only way to do it. Yeah, I don't have any concerns about the the poise or the ability to meet the big moment from pretty much anyone on this team. You know, I was down on the sidelines that entire game. It, it That is not the issue um you know I reported this on our broadcast but um after those first few three and outs uh Matt Rule gathered the team together and um you know just kind of getting everyone to take a breath and Christian came up as well and said um guys everyone take a breath calm down smile remember football is fun and so you have those leaders on this team both you know I've watched some of these Young guys grow into now leadership positions, whether it's Jeremy Chen getting voted a captain. Um, you know, Dante Jackson is like a vet now, even though he's been in the league four or five years. Um, you know, he's like a he's like one of those like old hardened guys that really knows how to lead everyone. And, and then you have the additions of just really experienced players coming in like Baker. So I, I do not think by by any means no fans should be worried about um, the moment being too big, the doubts creeping up on any of these guys, they're very good football players. But I do wonder if for the fans it makes it just even a, a little bit more yeah. frustrating. And the team as well to have little things um, that had not shown up in practice, as the team has been saying, um, affect your game, right? And you go, God, we just had that one right. snap back. If we were just lined up correctly here, CMC could have scored, right, as one example that they had mentioned. Um so, yeah, you take that as yeah. the, the good and the bad. And, of course, we'll see, right, um, what this team looks like. Is it the, the first 25 minutes, the last 35 minutes um, as they go and face the Giants? One thing I do want to ask you both about is um, we saw Saquon's game against the Titans. Darren, you were just referencing it. Yeah. He looked great. Um, and the, the Panthers had issues with the run uh, in this last game. How much of what you saw, Darren, was – Nick Chubb just not going down no matter what. Um, how much of it was mistackling? How much of it was something that you think will carry over into this Giants game or just a factor of, of you know, the Browns running backs being very good? Yeah, I mean, this just in, Nick Chubb good at football. Um, he is a problem for a lot of people, and Saquon is a problem if he's going to run the way he ran last week. But the thing you worry about, uh, and you saw it last year, Chris, and after the Dallas game, then it was like the mark was on them. Mm-hmm. And because Dallas ran for a million yards, everybody was going to try them until it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so you saw New England play them that way. You saw Minnesota play them that way. And it started to stack up. Now, these two teams, again, Saquon had the big numbers this week, and he is capable of doing that. I don't know that that Giants offensive line is necessarily the same as the Cleveland line. That interior Cleveland line, they were without their right tackle – that's a good group of players. I mean, we talked a lot this offseason about what the Panthers did to kind of rebuild a line to get it to this point. That's the place you're trying to get to mm-hmm. is what Cleveland has standing there in front of Nick Chubb. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be a thing until it's not a thing, and that's just Phil Snow every Thursday when he walks in is going to get asked about run defense now until it stops. I, I think the, if I was trying to isolate any one thing – 
it all came around the edges. I think, yeah, I feel bad for Derek Brown, Matt Ioannidis sometimes because I think when there's a run defense game, people go to ask those guys in the middle about it. But a lot of those yards came out on the edges. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that when you're defending or trying to think about stopping that, obviously tackling's a problem. But keeping edges set and keeping people in gaps – are things that can be fixed. I mean, you can do that. You know, Nick Chubb's going to break some tackles. He just is. But I think you can become more disciplined. I'm curious to see if Henry Anderson plays more snaps. I mean, they brought him in a week ago. Uh, It's not Baker Mayfield walking in at quarterback, you know, right before training camp. But Henry Anderson got a pretty quick introduction after being here a week. And I think his role's going to just get bigger and bigger because – he is a vet. He's a bigger body. Uh, he's a little more stable against the run. And when you we talked about run defense a week ago or through this offseason, it was they want to be bigger. It's Etour rather than Hassan Reddick. It's Damian Wilson rather than Jermaine Carter. You're just putting bigger bodies at the problem. But Henry Anderson knows how to do this. And, you know, he's never going to put up big sack numbers or anything like that. But he knows how to set edges and maintain – and be in the place he needs to be. I think you're absolutely right. I think we will see more of him. I, I talked to Matt Rule yesterday, and I was asking him about, you know, some of the, the, the little things that we were just talking about. And I said, how, how does that manifest itself in practice when you want to clean up some, some little things? And he said, you know, it's, it's really about confidence, especially for the, the second rotation guys, you know, the, the ones that maybe haven't played a lot. And he used Henry Anderson as an example of a – a player who's been around is doing it and just despite getting there earlier in the week was able to come in and, and make a couple plays when they needed it um, really at the drop of a hat. I, I know at, at one point it was when, you know, Matt and I just had to go out for cramps and he just said, you know, Hey, it's, he does not have a ton of familiarity with our system, but he came in he played confidently knows what he's doing. So uh, Darren, I, th- I think it's a, it's a great point and something that we'll certainly be looking out for um, is to see more Henry Anderson. Yeah. I think he's going to be a thing and it, and it's just going to grow. I, I'm really curious to see what happens with Saquon this week because he, him and Christian are sort of in the same spot. I mean, they've dealt with a lot of the same stuff, but they're both capable of changing games like that. And if Saquon goes for 186 again, that's going to be, that's going to be an issue. But I, there are reasons to think it's not necessarily as dramatic as it looks. I mean, again, you catch Cleveland and New York right out of the shoot, you know – how they're going to try to move the ball. I mean, nothing against Jacoby Brissett and Daniel Jones, but they're trying to run to minimize the amount of impact the quarterback has on the offense. So we'll see. This is going to be an opportunity for them to get some of that stuff ironed out, and we'll find out in a hurry if it does. All right, we have got a stat of the week from our very own Panther Stats guy, Will Darren, I love Darren the intrepid reporter tracked Will down, even though he can't be with us right. in studio every single week. We are not going to let the stat of the week go. So let's hear it, Will. 60% of the time, it works every time. Stat of the week. As promised, even though he's not here in the studio with us today, Panther Stats Guy will always be a part of this podcast in spirit. So we're coming live from an undisclosed location in Bank of America Stadium. That's why I'm whispering. Here's Will Bryan's stat of the week. What's up, Darren? What's up, podcast crew? Hi, man. So I've got, a, I've got a Robbie Anderson stat for you. Last week, his 75-yard touchdown was his third straight touchdown of over 50 yards in week one. Only Randy Moss has more 50-plus yards touchdowns in week one over the last two decades. 
than Robbie Anderson. How about that? Robbie went 85.8 total yards on that play. Second longest play in total yards run. And the 75 yards from scrimmage was the longest play in week one. See, that's the kind of stuff you only get here. That's why we're going to continue to come get it. I just love to yeah. hear Will's voice. I know, just, right? He's sneaky. Amazing. I had yes. to go out and commit a journalism and find <laughs> him. Um, but he's there. I know where he lives. And we will track him I, down I each and every week. I hope that at some point, if he's um, in a bunch of meetings one day and you're trying to get this, you do just go knock on his door at his house. There's, just, there's a non-zero chance that's going to happen. I love it. Another great thing about last week's game that we have to talk about is, Augusta, it was your first regular season NFL game as a writer for the Panthers. It was. It was. It was very exciting. I took in a moment. I got there very early. I was I was in the building by 9 o'clock, which, I mean, feels very early to me. I think there were still people who had beat me here. But um, went down to the field, took it all in, had a little sappy moment that I tweeted about because I share my sap everywhere. I but... saw that tweet and I loved it. <laughs> I just had to, especially it was this overcast day. The day before was my birthday, so it was already in my emotions because of that. And then you just look up. All the clouds are there, but they're starting starting to part and you're starting to see the the, the sky and then the big uh, you know the jumbotron has the helmets on and it says Panthers Browns and I don't know you take in the moment it was exciting and I know y'all, y'all were talking about like meeting the moment and everything I felt like you know okay I'm meeting it we're here it's so cool but um yeah and then the pregame I love being on the field pregame and seeing everyone go mm-hmm. through All of their workouts getting to see. I got to write about it last week, but Christian McCaffrey's routine and just the way he jumps really like Brady Christensen said, like a gazelle. I just it was it was so cool to to take it all in. And then and then the work happens afterward. And it's it's crazy. And the game was such a an instantly kind of one of those things where I've already heard some people, um, you know, in the media saying, oh, my gosh, it was one of the craziest games I'd covered. And, you know, all these things. I was like, great. It was my first. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) But it was really, really cool. Um, You know, it it was one of those things where um, you sort of take it in like I'd covered plenty of football games. So it wasn't that first. But there is definitely a different elevation at the level. And there's a huge difference between preseason and regular season, Mm -hmm. just in the way it feels. Um, But it was awesome. I don't know if I'm just saying like obvious things, but it was cool from my from my purview. And um, yeah, I I really enjoyed getting to take it all in. And I'm excited to do it 16 more times at least. Absolutely. I, I like I like this one. She she's covered plenty of football. She's well, she has. But I, I saw her tweet and she she did document the yeah. moment. And it's yeah. one thing that I love as a reporter and host. I love to ask the rookies about taking in the moment. And right. I you know I've I've been like the crazy aunt a couple of times. I, I walked Iki Aquanu <laughs> through the locker room for the first time. We did that on camera. But like after the cameras were off, I said, look, I said you're going to come in in a couple of weeks. This is going to be normal to you. You know, you're going to rookie mini camp. You're going to yeah. go into to OTAs. And I said, you need to just like look around and take it not for the cameras. Just take it in for a moment. And so, of course, I had to ask you as well. And I, I think it's it's cool that you took a moment to just really soak it all in. Heckler, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was it was a cool game. Like I said, it would it couldn't have gotten uh, it was a pretty difficult game for your first game. But I think I handled it well. I'm proud of it. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you have your pregame routine yet? Oh, that's a great question. I, I will say this week was a little weird because I had people over at my apartment, so I was getting ready at the same time as two other folks. Um, so, you know, I, I always drink my coffee out of my little blue cup mm-hmm. that I love so much. Um, right now it's pumpkin spice flavored. Um, so coffee's always a huge part of my routine. 
Um, honestly, not yet. I always listen to um, the same song on the way to any game I cover. I listen to Song 2 by Blur. It gets me really excited. Nice. Yeah, so I listen to that in my car or in my earbuds if I'm walking. So that's a part of my routine. That's I been my routine it. for a while. That's what I, I love to hear. Darren, do you, have a, do you have a routine that you adhere by or is it just... Getting out the door. I am kind of, a lot of times it's getting out the door. Um, I hear you. And, <laughs> yeah. and sometimes you just want to make sure you're dressed. Um, but I, um, I I am kind of particular about my area. I, I like to show up early, get my stuff set up, get, you know, have everything at right angles. No, I'm not really that um, particular about it. But I, I do like, I will never get tired. And I kind of joke about being old in this when being young. But I hope I never get tired of that feeling you get when you walk into empty stadiums and you know something's fixing to happen here. And a bunch of people are excited to see it one way or another. And it's not like a concert where you know you're going to see a particular song. You have no idea how this thing's going to unfold here today. But those kind of still small moments in stadiums before the thing happens still kind of – I enjoy that. And it takes a little bit – I have probably started showing up earlier and earlier as I've gotten older to kind of get in, get into character, I guess you could say, to be ready for what's coming because you got to take those still small moments when you can because when the game starts, you're standing in front of a fire hose. Well, and before the game starts, yeah. as as you know, yeah, I, exactly. I think it's a great point. You're, you're looking to, okay, who's going to be inactive? What's going on? Who's yep. warming up? How do they look? And there's so much to do that I, I think it's just really – um, it's great advice to just make sure you get the time to take it in, center yourself a little bit, whatever it is, right? right. Um, and appreciate it because yeah. we only get these games, as Augusta said, you get 17 guaranteed, maybe more. Um, and, you know, to me, win or lose, they are my favorite 17 days out of the season, right. uh, no contest. Yeah. So, and, and, and she's going to get a hard time from me this year because she's been here since June. And so I expect her to perform at a certain level. It's regular season level now. And I have to remind myself, too, that I was once an NFL rookie. And even though that was in black and white TV days many, many moons ago. But, no, she's doing great. And I'm looking forward to a lot of cool stuff, both later today and throughout the year. Yes. No pressure. Well, let's let's talk about that. Let's, let's, go, around, let's go around the horn and uh, talk about one thing – we've learned this week. Darren, you want to start? Yeah, and I mentioned earlier, Baker is a different cat. I mean, just watching him walk through the locker room, he's starting to figure out who's who. He knows our names now. He knows who he can bust on. He knows how to pick on this guy back here in the corner. And I think, you know, we sort of saw him latch on to Shaq and Dante early on when he got here. And now it's sort of spreading out a little bit. Now he knows who the support staff is. Now he knows what jokes to crack. He's a different personality. I mean, he's got he's got a little bit of that grin on his face when he does certain things. Mm-hmm. And he, you can just tell he's starting to feel a little more at home in Charlotte and in this stadium. We'll see how that translates to on the field. But his personality, I think a little bit at a time, we're starting to see a little bit more of it. And he's just he's just finding himself a little more at home. 
Augusta, what's one thing you've learned this week? Okay, so I will start this by saying I feel like I've almost carved out a Shy Smith beat for myself, uh, having a South Carolina connection, but also kind of just his camp and his emergence at camp, and then it being my first camp. I feel like a lot of eyes have been paid, to, or a lot of attention and eyes have been on him. Um, Andre Roberts will be out for at least two months, I think uh, Matt Rule told us. So um, that leaves pretty open, you know, uh, role in the return game and returning punts. Shy Smith is is one they Matt Rule told us, you know, that will be his place. But he is practicing and practicing and practicing. He told me that he you know, spent an extra 15 minutes after practice just fielding punts. And from all all corners, everyone else had gone inside. He was out there. Um, and he's he's putting in the work. So he has, you know, he, he started. Uh, they lined up, and he was on the field for the first play uh, against the Browns. So he's already carved out a role there, you know, and now he's going to have this other role with Roberts out. Um, it's just one of those things where it's it's really cool to see a guy that really wasn't you know dealt with injuries last year, and that's one of the things he told me. You know, one of the biggest parts of his jump was simply just being healthy. You know, just taking care of his body and and doing all of that. But um, I guess it's not we haven't learned that because we've learned that throughout camp. But but seeing it kind of come together, then he's going to have even a bigger role um, against uh, the Giants. So that's one of the things I've known is um, or learned and seen and and heard. He's just he's working extremely hard. He's really, really putting in as much effort as he can. And so, um, but yeah, like I said, I feel like I've like carved out my own Shy Smith beat. Um, learned a lot about him in the past week, and I'm excited to share Can't, some of the stories about cannot him. Cannot wait to see that on, on Panthers.com. And, you know, he's another one of those guys, what we were just saying is that a guy that the moment is not too big for him. He wants to be out there. He's worked his butt off. He will, you know, take a hit and, and get back out. This, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, we saw that in, in camp quite a few times. And, it's uh, it's it's cool to see that hard work pay off. Looking forward to, like you said, Augusta, reading the article and seeing what he does on Sunday against the Giants. So I'll tell you guys one thing I learned this week is that um, we had a, a newer broadcaster on the, the radio side. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, uh, named Luke Keekley. Oh. Um, and he did a pretty good job. So uh, it was his first game. You know, expected him to be nervous broadcasting. But really, I mean, the guy seems to know some football. Oh. How about that? Yeah. Who knew? Well, one thing I learned this week, Luke Keekley, also good at broadcasting. It was uh, it was great to, you know, he's going to be doing, I believe, seven games with our radio crew. Uh, this was his first one, and it was it was great to have him in the booth, you know. just uh, Even just from my eyes, you know, being down as a sideline reporter, just the amount of knowledge that, that he and Jake DeLome can just share. The, the, they have so much knowledge, like, in their pinky finger compared to the rest yeah. of us. So um, anyone who listened to the radio broadcast certainly got a treat, and and we all learned a lot and enjoyed it. If I didn't know him uh, just a little bit, he would be the kind of guy that's easy to hate because he's great at everything. I mean, my (laughs) God, look at him. He's impossibly handsome. His hair's great. He knows everything about football, is great at playing it, knows what's about to happen before it happens. And so for him to walk in the door and be good at broadcasting, I just I kind of want to flick him. And also, from what I heard, I did not get to see it because, again, I am down on the field. They are up in the booth. But according to Jake, you know, who was razzing him a little bit, razzing the rookie, (laughs) apparently he had a giant notebook full of notes. So he brought, you know, of course he he spent the week prepping. Yes. Doing um, doing everything that so he didn't even just walk in the door good at it. He spent all week prepping and had great stuff where he could have walked in the door and been great at it, too. So you're right. It's just I bet he probably made like straight A's at Boston College, too. You know, just always took on extra on the group projects. You know, one of those guys. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, this has been a blast. Thank you guys for, for doing this as always. Looking forward to seeing those articles on Panthers.com. And we'll be back next week on the Happy Half Hour Podcast. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.